0: Welcome to episode 28 of the Original Judo Podcast. Hi guys, welcome to the show. I'm James Austin, uh, joined today on the podcast by, she's been a British champion, she got Commonwealth bronze and she's not a judo player. Um, delighted to welcome to the podcast the one and only Connie Ramsey. How you doing, Connie?
1: Hi, James. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> not too bad.
0: <laughs> thanks for coming on the show, first of all. Um, I know I introduced you as not a judo player, but you were, up until 2014, you were part of the British team, part of the Team Scotland, and obviously came away with a Commonwealth Games bond, so you had quite uh, an illustrious judo career. Um, could you tell people a little bit how you got started in judo?
1: Yeah. Um, well, my brother and my dad used to do judo, and I'm originally from the Highlands, so there's not really too much to do. And uh, they used to do judo, and I used to get jealous, like being a daddy's girl, and my brother getting to go and do trips and um, go and spend time with him doing judo. So I used to have a huff every. Monday and Wednesday night when he took him to to judo, uh, so I just cried and cried until I was able to to do my first class, and <laughs> I started and loved it ever since.
0: Fantastic! So, what were what were some of the highlights of your career then? Um, I've
1: got quite a few highlights actually, and I think um, for me, I didn't realise how many highlights I had until I finished judo, and. Um, So the Commonwealth Games uh, getting a bronze medal in Glasgow has to be right up there, being the highest one. Making the British team every year that I'd fought it has to be up there as well. Uh, Being being able to represent Britain in European championships, whether that was in individuals or as a team. That uh, also has to be there. Uh, yeah, just everything, really. You just think about it more, I think, when you finish and realise what, you know, all the adventures and stuff that you've been on and it brings everything together. Yeah.
0: So, obviously, from a judo family, are your, are your, your family still involved in judo? Or when you took off and, and moved down to the Centre of Excellence, did did they kind of stop or did they still go in?
1: Um, well, my dad didn't really do much um, judo. He just he came along for a little bit. He did it when he was a kid. And then he took my brother along. And myself and my brother used to compete until my brother got to about 14, 15. And he actually had a few injuries f- f- through judo. And being at that age as well, I think it just encouraged him a little bit. He was also really smart at school. I mean, super-duper smart. So I think that also had, you know, when it when it came exam time and stuff, he started concentrating more on that side of things, where, as myself, I just liked fighting and wrestling people. So I stuck to the judo path. <laughs> um, so by the end of it, it was just me that was doing it. But I have to say, my dad was involved every fight that I was, doing he was a part of it in some way or some manner whether it was cheating right at the edge of the judo mat if it was in britain or watching online or whatever way he possibly could when i was abroad so he was always a big part of it
0: awesome so um if you're not a judo player anymore and we'll come back to the judo but if you're not a judo player anymore what are you doing now
1: um so not doing judo but i still coach judo so i do still have my hand involved in it Um, But I am doing a bit of boxing now.
0: Okay. So are you you competing at the same weight? (laughs) Has anything changed? You're still doing mad weight cuts or are you um, a bit more relaxed?
1: (laughs) Uh, No. Yeah, a little bit more relaxed. Um, I fight at 60 kilo now. I did try and do uh, the Scottish elites last year at 57. But I just didn't enjoy making the weight and cutting again because... Do you know it was my sport and being trying to be a professional athlete, that was it was your job, that was what you had to do. Whereas boxing is more although I love competing and I, I love still having that challenge, it's a bit more relaxing, more for fun rather than the competitive side. So I didn't see the point in cutting weight and then not enjoying the training up to it and all this sort of stuff again. So I decided to fight at sixty kilo. But it's been quite hard to get any bouts in Scotland at sixty kilo, so I'm having to actually fight at sixty four.
0: Oh wow. I think okay. I've
1: fought I, I think I fought maybe two or three at actual sixty kilo and everything else has been at sixty four.
0: Oh wow. So have you had have you managed to have many matches now then no.
1: Uh so I've had eight bouts in total. Uh but I had a little bit of a tricky time when I first started boxing because I try. I entered the Scottish Novice Championships, which is for people that have had zero to seven bouts. Um, and I went along and I won my semi-final. But after my semi-final, they actually disqualified me because they reckon that because I've had so many judo fights that I wouldn't be a novice at a competition level. And they have this kind of scale which makes... The, a certain amount of judo matches equals a certain amount of boxing matches. So as I've, I've had a fair few judo matches, it meant that I was out of the criteria for the novice championships. So I actually got thrown into the deep end from the start. Um, so yeah, that was pretty tough going. Um, and then obviously, oh, was-
0: so you've been competing as a, at the elite level as an amateur at the elite level. Uh, pretty much from the start then really yeah yep
1: that's right and then because of that fact I think quite a few people knowing that I had had so many judo bouts kind of put them off fighting maybe on club shows and stuff like that as they knew that I had experience of competing before but I've tried to explain that judo and boxing are a complete different thing you know and don't strike in judo although as people know in the judo world I'm not the most (laughs) gentle of of judo fighters, so some people might disagree on that one, but um, for me, in my head, I've not had to uh, strike anybody or or anything like that, so, um, yeah.
0: Is your your boxing style um, similar to your judo (laughs) style, like that kind of relentless charge forward and... (laughs) The big Complete,
1: the <laughs> completely the same. <laughs> Charge from the minute they shout go until the last bell at the end. Just keep <laughs> charging, keep wearing people out. That's my that's my only priority in my head. One of my coaches actually calls me Connie Rampage Ramsey because I, I, every time I box, <laughs> I'm just like I'm on a rampage. That's what he says. <laughs> Uh, they try they try and do everything like the judo coaches did to try and, you know, make me relax a little bit more and get into it. But, you know, nope, still no joy, still just charge on.
0: <laughs> oh dear. So, um, is there a target with the boxing? Is there, or is it you doing it for fun and just want to see where you get to?
1: Yeah. So I think at first when I finished judo, I probably had maybe the Commonwealth Games in my head. Not to say that, you know, that was my goal and I want to go to the Commonwealth Games, nothing like that. It was just there in the back of my mind. I think from coming from the judo background and always having goals in your head, that when I was doing boxing, I always wanted to have a goal to aim for rather than just doing it to keep fit and to keep healthy. I actually wanted to, to make something of it. So that was probably in my head. But with all the drama with the novices and not getting the bouts that I wanted, it took me a while to get on a roll to get matches. I mean, in the first year of me boxing, I probably only had one actual match and everything else was skill bouts. So I wasn't getting the experience that I needed or getting the exposure out there to, you know, to get myself recognised or or improving at a rate that I probably had set up in my head if that makes sense Um. so so yeah so pretty maybe after the first year or so I started realizing that the Commonwealth Games was probably out the window and it was more just becoming fun I just like doing it and having and not having such a high aimed goal bringing that down a little bit and just just winning bouts just now actually it's just getting bouts is is a goal of mine and just being able to get out there and and have fun with it really but I got selected for Poland to fight for um Scottish boxing and and I got selected for that and went out and boxed in Poland and got a bronze medal there so I was pretty um congratulations thank you I was pretty delighted at that being able to say that I've Done Judo for Scotland, and now I've also boxed for Scotland, so, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So, I take it that uh, 2018 is in the Gold Coast is off the cards, because I know a lot of guys are going out there now, but would you be tempted to have a push for maybe 2022 when it's another, well, it's it's a home games, maybe not a Scottish home games, but uh, a bit further down south? Uh,
1: Yeah, I get asked this question quite a lot. And um, yeah, I suppose it would be. I'm not too sure which sport, mind you. I always like to keep my oh. options open. Uh, not that it's anything <laughs> that I've really thought about, because I've got so many other things with my coaching, and I have just um, do my PT course as well. So I've got loads of other things going on just now. But I'll, like I say, I like to keep my options open and and see what's what closer to the time.
0: You you kind of touched on it a second ago, but um, does does have an experience as a as a judo athlete? Um, did it help you in your your, your fights as a boxer?
1: Um, for me personally, no, because I have the fear. When, <laughs> when I when I did judo, I never really got nervous so much. I think because it was such a nat- more a natural environment. I have done judo since I was four years old, so and I always used to compete that. You know, that was just the way of life, really. Whereas in boxing, you go and you're in a ring and it's just you and your opponent and you're high up and everybody's staring at you and there's big flashing lights and it's not just in a sports hall in the middle of nowhere. And, um, yeah, sometimes it can be pretty intimidating. I mean, the, the the lead up to it and the way that I train, I think the judo side of things has been brilliant you know i know what's right for my body i know when i'm tired all this stuff is is fine but when i'm actually going in there it's a complete different experience (laughs) like a big scaredy cat
0: oh really no (laughs) well
1: until the bell rings for a
0: second connie
1: well until the bell rings and rampage Ramsey's on the go again (laughs) (laughs)
0: he's back on the go that's it yeah don't believe that for a second (laughs) <laughs> um so rachel had a had a question for you okay um, that i went to ask in relation to the boxing huh. so nicola adams has obviously had a, a barbie made of her just yeah. recently yeah um when is your your doll going to get made
1: i'm not too sure but trinder keeps trying to call me out to fight nicola adams so <laughs> yeah every uh every time i see trinder he just asks when you're going to fight nicola adams but I think I'd have to chop both my legs off to be able to fight her, as she is only maybe 52 kilos, maybe even lighter, maybe 51 or 50, so it'll be a while. Um, But, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't think I want to take uh, Nicola Adams' Barbie experience away from her just yet. I think she deserves to have that as her own. I think I'll leave the Barbie side of things <laughs> for her. So. Sorry, Rachel um, <laughs> and Matilda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as a um, as a young athlete, going back to when you were a judo player, like, who were your role models coming up in the sport?
1: Um, well, I suppose Sarah Clark was my main role model that I looked at because as soon as I got selected to be in the Scottish team, I got put in a room with Sarah in Largs, which was where the Scottish team used to train. And I was only maybe 11 or 12. And at that stage of the game, I was, you know, at that age, you're contemplating kind of what path you're taking next. And it was Sarah took me under her wing and and directed me, you know, and helped show me the ropes sort of thing. And I've been good friends with her ever since. Um, Obviously moving down to Edinburgh and training with her and seeing her, going and winning the Europeans and getting selected for Olympic games and stuff. So um, for her not to be a inspiration and somebody that I wanted to be then, um, you know, I I don't think it would be right of me. Um, Also, I just, there's lots of international athletes. And I think, again, it's more once you're older and you start recognizing things a little bit more and more information that you take in and you recognize, um, you know, how special some of the judo players are, that, you know, then you can look up to them as well. I mean, you go to tournaments and you see people and you still think, oh my goodness, that's so-and-so, you know, and you're still in shell shock that you're you're competing at the same level as them sort of thing. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got you. Okay. So, yeah, and sticking, sticking with judo, mm-hmm. um, you kind of fought through two... Olympic cycles, we'll, we'll come on to the Commonwealth Games in a minute, and I know certainly before the Commonwealth Games you were uh, thinking about qualifying Rio, um, following on from your bronze medal in, in uh, Glasgow, mm-hmm. what kind of prompted the decision to retire? Um,
1: there was lots of different reasons, I reckon. Um, I had, as I said before, my dad was a big part of my uh, judo career and I was really lucky enough to have him to help kind of show me different ways and different angles of things. And then as I was trying to qualify for real, I was having to self-fund everything. I mean, Judo Scotland were there to provide as much help as they possibly could. Um, But then, you know, once the The funds kind of gone there, you're having to fish out out your own pocket and being a judo player that's pretty tough because you can't get a full time job to pay for these as you're always away or you're trying to train or try to be the best that you can be so um for me, that was a big concern that I had, and I lucky enough, I had the support of my parents that could help me fund that as well, but I think one day I've you know I've thought about my age and thinking I can't really just live off my mum and dad for the rest of my life in that way. Um, So I think that was a big part of things thinking, you know, how am I going to keep funding this sort of thing? Um, Also had Nakoda at 57s as well. And as we can see now, she's still on brilliant form. So not only would I have to qualify to get into the Olympic uh, qualification, I would obviously have to try and overtake her as well. So that was going to be pretty tough. Um, as, as we can see, she's a phenomenal judo player, and, and she's she's getting all the results that, that's needed. So that's difficult to try and keep the motivation to try and you know boost yourself to try and get on top of that as well. So there's quite a few a few reasons, um, cool. a few reasons that I could see that. I I thought that the best idea was maybe to have a little change of plan.
0: Awesome, but you've not totally ruled out. um, Oh, I'm assuming it's judo. You do get a lot of judo players go to wrestling Mm -hmm. for 2022. Would that be? Yeah. Would it be? Is it judo you're talking about? Yeah,
1: would be. Yeah, would be judo. Yeah. I mean, there was you know quite a lot of people retire from judo maybe because they they feel they're a little bit too old to carry on, or they've had some serious injuries. Where, but I've not had that yet, and I feel still pretty fit and pretty pretty strong, so I would hate to to not have it a con a consideration, um, and and not think about it, and then years later down the line, you know, I think oh. Should I made it, maybe have tried that or have I thought of the right decision? So, yeah, that's why I like to leave my options open. But, yeah, it would be judo. It wouldn't be wrestling. I'm not very good at wrestling, people. <laughs> Boxing, that's the way forward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just throw that big right hand. That's it. <laughs> so, I've got a theory that um, a lot of our female players end up kind of mentally tougher than... <laughs> the male athletes. And I think, I not talking down at anyone who's part of the centre at the moment, but I think you can see that with certainly 57s, 63s and 70s girls all down in Warsaw.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's so much competition for those spaces, but also to get to where they've got to because there's far fewer women in judo. Yeah. You always have to train with like younger men and 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 boys, I guess. What are the what are the challenges of being like a lightweight woman trying to come through? Um, well, like you. Does that make sense? I hope I phrase that like, yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I
1: know what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's quite a difficult question. Um, I know what you're trying to say with it. Um, to be honest, I think you have summed up all the the positive things, and I don't think there's too much negative in my opinion, too much negativity around that um, it is tough if you want to practice with other girls because that's who we compete with in competition um, but I think getting that exposure to be fighting some of the, the young males that's coming through, I mean they, sometimes they come and you fight them one week and it's fine and then the next week you've got to fight them and they're a foot taller and they're throwing you about the place but, um, <laughs> and you see them come and go pretty fast but Sometimes there's the odd one that you you know you can stick with for for a good while, and um,
0: but but having having those extra bodies is that is that a benefit? Yeah, def- as, a, as a player,
1: I think so. I think um, to me, I don't think it really matters fighting uh, training wise. I don't think it matters if you're fighting boys or fighting girls, Um, as long as it's somebody that you can get some benefit out of it. And not just fighting them for the sake of fighting them. So, yeah, I think the the more that you can work together and and everybody getting a bit of goodness out of it is is good good enough. Yeah.
0: Oh no, I I I, I genuinely think that the certainly at the moment, like ah, female players are better, and part of that is because they're mentally tougher, and I think that is because there are so many more athletes to train with and contend with. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you start getting towards heavyweight men and you haven't really got anybody's around the country whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at, take 63 kilo women. You, you know, I know you ended up 57s, but you started at 63s. You've got 60 kilo boys, 55 kilo boys, the 66 kilo boys, on top of, um, yeah, the 52, 57, 63 kilos, 70 kilo women as well. So, like, the the pool of athletes you can train with is so big, it can only have a benefit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I say you asked that question, I couldn't really think of any negative, uh, no, negative about it. It's. I think it's only, it is only positive, and I think that shows with the results that the females in British Judo are getting right now.
0: Yeah, maybe it wasn't a question, maybe it was me just saying, <laughs> uh, tell me I'm right. <laughs> um, you talked about it earlier, it was one of the highlights, one of the main highlights of your career, uh, the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Um, what did it mean to be a part of that for you? Uh,
1: even now when I think about it, I still get goosebumps. Um, it was just phenomenal from start to finish. I say finish, I don't think it ever does finish. Um I mean, people that the, the the saying for the games was the people make Glasgow, and I think that rounds everything up because I mean the crowd that were there on the days that the, the judo was on was unbelievable. You know, you're out in the street, people congratulating you. Just everything about the games was just amazing, um, and obviously getting the result of the bronze medal was brilliant as well and it's given me so many opportunities and um, even now I mean I get to speak on the radio um, every other week I'm doing media stuff <laughs> so it's just brilliant that it's opened up that, that side of things as well which maybe if I if you know a Commonwealth Games wasn't there that you wouldn't have the opportunity to do or even think about doing so it just opens up a few other windows as well
0: Cool. What was it like fighting in front of that crowd? In front of a like a partisan Scottish crowd. Oh my goodness!
1: Well, I can still hear the noise now. It was deafening. I mean, and I think they didn't help it by having the metal metal bits underneath your feet, so everybody was stomping that, and it was just just incredible the noise that came out of that crowd, um, and everybody were you, there. Were you nervous? Um, I was a little bit nervous. As I think more for my bronze medal fight, more than any of the other fights, as everybody else was on my day a diner and the closer it was getting to me, because I think I was maybe the last fight on of the day which for a bronze medal. So of course Steph Ingalls was fighting at 57 and was in the final so she was guaranteed a medal whereas I'm fighting either for a medal or not for a medal. So, everyone else that had c- competed so far had had either won their bronze medals or had, you know, m- guaranteed a medal in the final. Whereas, for me, it was, you are the last person, everybody else has won at least a medal here today. Now you're going out, oh, don't mess this up, you know. Do it for the team, for yourself, for family, yeah, yeah. for everybody. So, uh, yeah, I think the bronze medal fight was... Probably more the toughest, rather than the the other matches. The other matches I I was loving.
0: Did having the crowd there help with that, or is is that add to the pressure for the, for that match? Um,
1: I think as soon as I bowed on, I've kind of forgot about the noise and forgot about everybody else, and just you know got my head in the game and and just tried to to win it whatever way that I possibly could, and then obviously when I won, and the place erupted. Um, it was just a phenomenal feeling, and then I decided it would be a great idea to walk off on my hands, doing a handstand.
0: (laughs) That was going to be my next question. What about that celebration? Where did that come
1: from? Well, it's funny, because my mum always said, oh, you, you're always upside down, because even now, whether I'm home or whatever, I'm always doing a cartwheel or I'm doing a handstand against the wall. And She's always shouting at me for doing it because it'll be at the most appropriate time, unappropriate times, you know. She'll be trying to cook and I'm doing a handstand in the kitchen or something like that. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I've always just, yeah, I don't know, it just came out with it. I started walking on my hands. John had done his back backflip. Um, Jake had <laughs> done the open kit, like Graham Randall. So had to do something different and that's what it was. I'm just glad I never fell off the stage or <laughs> fell off, fell over or anything. That was all I all I need and like Steph who fell down the stairs.
0: <laughs> Did Getting she... that in
1: there. Yep. <laughs> After her first fight oh, she missed the I... step and fell down her bum all down, all the way down. <laughs>
0: no yep.
1: brilliant
0: Yep. Well um yeah, do people still bring the celebration up? Are you ever going to live it down? Is uh, uh, that been forgotten next to the medal?
1: Um, I'm not too sure. BBC had it as a BBC Scotland had it as their advert for a little while of everybody really? celebrating Fantastic. from the games, and that was one of them. Was me walking on my hands. So every now and then, I got a little reminder, just you know, waiting for the senders to come on, and there was me upside down, um, unexpectedly. <laughs> so, uh yeah. No, I don't think that's gonna really leave me. I don't think.
0: Brilliant. So, in the in the run up to the Commonwealth Games, slightly less judo related, you had a brief foray into the political arena, if you will. Um, I think you were one of the well, you were certainly one of the athletes who got was visibly behind the Yes campaign for independent Scotland. How did you get involved in that?
1: Um. I can't really remember how I ended up getting involved. I think it was just something that I was very open about. It was such a big dis- uh, discussion in Scotland. I'm not too sure about elsewhere in Britain, but definitely in Scotland, you know, you walk down the street and you could see people having arguments who were for and who were against and From the start, I kind of just let people know what my opinion was. Um, and not that I disagreed with anybody with their opinion or agreed with it. You know, I for me it was everybody on their own. You know, everybody's got their their different ideas, and for me, um, having an independent Scotland was the path that I wanted to go down. And the obviously having the Commonwealth Games and being an athlete there, the the media side of that quite enjoyed that. So, um, and for me, I didn't want to. To keep my mouth closed about it. But I didn't want to be out there either, you know, oh you should vote this, you should vote that. That wasn't my intention, you know, I just saying it how it is really. <laughs> what my opinion was.
0: Oh nah, I love it. Like I got I got interviewed as well and uh by someone from the yes campaign, so I was quoted in uh one of their pieces of literature and I'm quite clearly not Scottish, but um, (laughs) it was quite exciting to be, or not Scottish in in that regard, but, you know, and um, (laughs) it was, it was, it was cool to be a part of it, it was exciting to be in Scotland at that time, Yeah, like, like
1: I said, I don't know what it was like in England or Wales or anything else, um, but for being in Scotland at that time, it was a a big thing, and even now, you know, you you still hear people having arguments about it now, you know, years down the line, and I think it it was a big wake-up call to people of the politics side of things. You know, I think it was politics was kind of in the shadows for a little bit of, you know, or they just kind of do what they want. But I think people now woke up to to having their opinion. Maybe some people a little bit too much, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's made an open discussion a bit more. So, yeah, I think it was a, a good thing whether we got independence or not, I think... Just in general, I think it's a a good idea just to get people talking about politics again.
0: Connie, I'm gonna start asking you some of my standards uh, questions now. If that's all yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Um, and then draw us to a close because it's getting a little bit late, and I do appreciate that um, you probably want to get to bed. <laughs> um, so, I do like to get everybody to give me two of their favorite um, fights. So one would be yours and you some a fight that you really think sums up your judo. And then the other one would be perhaps a fight that you really think is a great example of what judo could be.
1: Oh. Uh, or should be. A pretty uh, tough question. I definitely think my bronze medal match was one of my highlights. Um, as I said before... You know, that was it's for a big medal, especially in Scotland. It was a big a big thing. Um, and also with everybody else winning and not wanting to let the team down, it was a different kind of pressure. It's normally judo is such an individual sport, it's for you really and you only, whereas for this one it was also for the team. Um so I think that definitely was one of my highlights. Um cool. What was the second question again? What was the second is, one? Is there a
0: fight that is there a fight that's inspired you, or a fight that you you've ever watched and gone, yeah, that that is what judo is about?
1: Um, I don't think there's one in particular fight uh, that has inspired me as such, but I just think watching um, people competing at European, World, Olympic level, I think all these fights are really inspiring. Because of you know how much hard work has gone behind it and how much it means to every individual, so I think for me, just any of these ones are are big you know edge of the seat no matter who it is you you know and and as we all know in you know, anything can happen, so at these high levels, when the pressure is really on, I think any of these fights are probably highlights to me.
0: Awesome, that's a very um, political answer for saying, I can't think of anything right now.
1: <laughs> there uh-huh. we go. <laughs> that's my political side coming out.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Um, as well, if is there, if you had a young athlete who was perhaps at the start of their career and they came up to you and asked you for a bit of advice that you could pass on, what would you say to
1: them? I would tell them to make sure they were having fun no matter what. So don't do it for anybody else. Do it for yourself. And as long as you're enjoying it, then that's all that counts.
0: Awesome. Um, Connie, once again, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. No problem, um, James. When, when are people going to see you next?
1: Um are you
0: fighting soon? Or?
1: Um, nope, just finished competing at the Scottish Elite. So I'm not too sure what boxing side of things is coming up side of things, I'm sure I'll be there or there about I was at the Scottish in January watching there, so yeah, I'll, I'll be there what or thereabouts. Have
0: you been back on the mat recently, apart from coaching, have you been back training?
1: Or? Um, I haven't, only because of coaching, but with holidays coming up, it gives me an opportunity to get back on the mat, so um, hopefully I'll get a good couple of nights in and, and have a bit of fun.
0: Fantastic. If um if people want to follow you on uh, social media, where can they find you?
1: Um, I'm not on Facebook, but I am on Twitter. But I can't remember what my Twitter handle is right now. But I'm sure if you look at um, <laughs> the the podcast Twitter, I'm there somewhere. <laughs> we can put it on right. there. Um, and I'm also on Instagram as well. But again, I don't know what my handle is for that.
0: Your your Twitter handle is at xx connor's xx
1: there
0: we go see you're better than me there you me. go That's a little bit of homework there for, for you um, <laughs> connie again thanks so much for coming on that was absolutely brilliant really appreciate i really appreciate your time and uh, best of luck for the future i hope to speak to you soon thank you very much James speak to you soon catch you
1: later bye
0: bye for now So that's the show, guys. Big thanks to Connie for coming on, and I hope everyone enjoyed that. This weekend, I'm sure most of you know, sees the start of Olympic qualification. Uh, over in China, it's the Ho Hot Grand Prix. Uh, already, it looks like competition's hot enough. It looks like a really tough event. There is a GB delegation out there, and I'm sure Chris and I are going to get into that uh talk about performance this coming week so listen out for that one anyway leave a review wherever you get your podcasts make sure it's five stars and share or retweet the show um cheers guys catch you soon